To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways that the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways like feeling a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheek. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste a delicacy on foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting your soul in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Carolina Writers Speak, a new podcast, a chance to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and their struggles, and realize that we all have a story and it's worth telling. Hi, this is Rose Cushing, host of Carolina Writers Speak, the podcast. Today, my guest is Ruby Woodland from North Carolina, and about two months ago, she released this book that I can't put down called Eternal Dark. So, Ruby, tell us a little bit about your book. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Um, So, the book is a dystopian fiction, so it's a dystopian setting. It's more of, I'd say, like a thriller, psychological thriller kind of genre. So it's in a dystopian world not too far in the future where all the resources have been depleted and the government's taken complete control. And sanctions are placed on all the resources that people need to survive, but racks and clips don't provide enough. So people have to really kind of have to commit crimes in order to get by and get what they need. But any adult that commits a crime, even if it's like really minor, is immediately killed. And orphan children become government property and are used as test subjects trained as soldiers, sold as servants, and other more sinister purposes. Um, So then the book kind of starts in that world, and it just really throws you into it. It starts with an orphan boy and what he's going through to try to avoid being captured. So um, it focuses in the beginning on kind of the minors. Any minor that's found committing a crime is sent to a reform school, which is really the worst-case scenario out of pretty much any of the other options of what can happen. Right. But once eighteen, they're either deemed eligible for re-entry into society or they're killed. But re-entry into society doesn't mean what it doesn't mean freedom. It doesn't mean what they hope that it will mean. It just means that they're destined to be government property and work for the government. Um, this it's really a story of revenge and redemption, hope and survival, love and loss. And it's ultimately about the human spirit, the domino will to survive, and a reminder to keep pushing through the dark to find the light. All right. Well, I I think it's fascinating. And in the world we live in today with all of the shortages of resources and the, the recent pandemic, it's a plausible theory. So I, yes. uh, I'm very intrigued by it all. So what made you decide to choose this genre? Honestly, it's not a genre I would normally choose to write, read, or watch. Um, I have kind of been interested in the dystopian type of setting, but really the book just kind of, it just 
kind of woke up one day with the idea in my head, and it just really took off. The characters were just there and telling me this is, like, what you need to write. It was total, total panther. I did not plot any of it. It just happened. Right. I, I think that's the secret to a good story is it kind of just happens and the pen takes you where it wants you to go. Yes. So when did you release it? It was released May 27th of 2022. Awesome. Now tell me a little bit about your journey um, to get to that point. You know, how long did it take you to write the book? And and uh, I've got a few more questions. Um, I started the book, I think, right around, right before Thanksgiving. And I worked on it seriously through the holidays. Um, I had a few weeks of downtime, and so I just, that was what I did from the moment I woke up until dinner time. Um, so all together, the writing part of it took about two months. And then I began the editing and everything. Now, did you hire an editor or did you try to edit yourself? I hired an editor. Okay. And are you self-published or traditionally published? I'm self-published. Okay. So what do you feel like was your biggest obstacle in getting your book done and out there to the world? For me, the biggest obstacle was really to stay authentic and not compromise my voice. Um, the book covers some really heavy topics that a lot of people might not want and might not enjoy reading. Some people enjoy so uh, read solely for enjoyment. Um, and so there was a time there before I published where I thought about kind of watering it down, taking out some scenes that were extreme, um, things like that, or possibly just completely rewriting it and making it young adult because I know that that's a bigger market. This is more... Um, just adult fiction, um, and I just, when I tried to do it, I just couldn't, I just didn't want to change any of the story, um, I felt like a lot, like everything that happens is really significant, and if I were to kind of try to make it more palatable, it wouldn't have been the book that it is, so really my biggest obstacle is to just stay true to my voice and the message I'm trying to get across, and kind of let those, um, Absolutely. And I really applaud you for sticking with your original story because sometimes our best work is the first thing we put out there. And you're right, a complicated story, maybe any story, comes in layers. And when you start fixing the layers, you screw it up. So I think that was a smart decision. Thank you. So you chose to self-publish it and, and that you went through what, KDP with Amazon? Um, I first did Ingram Sparks, and then I did um, the KDP and Amazon. And right now, I I have Barnes and Noble is next up on my list to do. I've kind of been doing it in chunks because I am also still writing, and I homeschool my boys, so I'm writing. Um, it's kind of like my side hobby. Like I don't get to dedicate all the time I would like to. I understand. Takes a while before you can quit quit your normal activities and be a full time writer. So. Yes. I see on your, your Facebook page for Ruby Woodland that you have an ebook available. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, that is the ebook of Eternal Dark. Did did you go through Amazon and they helped you do the ebook or how did you get an ebook? Oh no, I had a formatter. Um so the person who did my cover art, she 
Beats was also my formatter, and so she did all the formatting for me. Um, she did took care of all the technological stuff. Right. <laughs> so it's with that. And your your book trailers are super good. So who did those Thank for you? I actually did one of the trailers myself through Canva. It was my first time doing something like that, and I was pretty excited. I think it turned out pretty good. And then I also hired someone to do a trailer for me. Yeah, it looks really good. I'm looking at it here on your page. Um, for people out there listening, you can follow Ruby on Ruby Woodland. It's her author page. And learn about the book and on her next projects and things for the Eternal Dark. I, yeah, I assume it's going to be a series because it's a long, complicated problem. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about your marketing and how that has um, helped you. You know, what have you done that you thought was right? Um, the marketing is probably the part I struggle with the most. So I'm trying to get familiar with TikTok. I've watched TikTok, but I've never posted anything before. So I'm not, I'm really kind of lost with that. I do have um, an, um, an Instagram page, and I'm trying to figure out that as well with the posting and then how to use hashtags and all of that. Right. Uh, other than that, I have not done a whole lot of marketing. I have submitted the book to about six different award competitions. Yes. And through a few of those, I have received reviews. One of them, I got a five-star review and a seal to place on my cover. So I was very excited about that. Um, and they do reviews. They post it on Goodreads. And then they post, um, it was called Reader Views. Uh -huh. They post their accounts as well. And then they have a newsletter. So it was kind of promoted in that a little bit. Um, I hope that if I if I win one of the competitions, it would be much more widely promoted. And that's my hope because I really am struggling with the marketing piece. Right. That's always the hardest part without a doubt, I, I feel like. Yes. So what are you working on now? Um, I am currently, I just finished a memoir and I was going, I was working through edits with that and then I recently got COVID and that kind of knocked me off my feet. So I've been slowly trying to get back into it, but I ha I feel like right now I'm trying to focus more on my art. Um, I, I also paint and I'm trying to focus on that because that's a little um, less, it feels a little less stressful right now. Right. But I do have, um, I, I publish under uh, another name as well and I have middle grade fantasy series that I'm working on querying for and also I my illustrator is working um, on illustrations for my children's picture book so those are kind of things I'm working on right now but I'm not really focusing all my attention on them because I'm trying to give myself a, a few months or so break from everything yeah your first book was a, a huge book and, and it was a heavy book so do yes. take some time so you don't become burned out I, I yes. know I get really excited about writing and I don't want to do anything but writing. But I, I think that, you know, when you, it's like giving birth and when you're done, you're exhausted. So it's yes. good to, good to take a little time and rebuild your brain. I'm so sorry that you were sick with COVID. I know it really knocked you for a loop. Yes, it did. I, I think it made me get the rest that I needed though. Probably so. It's always good to find the sunshine. Yes. So, are you going to self-publish your next book, or are you shopping that out to agents? I am shopping that out because that I really want. I have um, I have one written, 
I am outlining, it's definitely going to be at least three in the series, but I also have several other ideas for it. Uh-huh. So because the marketing is just feels so overwhelming to me, I would really love to be traditionally published just so I could kind of take that piece off my plate. I know I still have to do a little bit of marketing, but not nearly as much. So I do really hope to get picked up by an agent or a publisher for that. There's also hybrid publishing companies that will let you self-publish, but they'll help you, and that might be an alternative as well. Okay, yeah, I'll have to look into those. Yeah, um, you know, I, I, I've come across a few with my things, and uh, I'm like you. I, I know how to market, but I don't have any time, so it would be yeah. a blessing to have a marketing person <laughs> that took care of all my stuff. <laughs> So what advice would you give to the people out there that are writing, whether they're, you know, accomplished writers or they're just starting out? What, what's the one thing that you feel like is the most important thing that you've learned? Um, again, definitely staying true to, like, your own voice. And I know for a lot of people, like, they want to write and they want it to be a career. And so you try to write what's marketable. And I think that that's great. Like, if that's what you're driven towards, but for me, I feel like if I were to write just for for money-making purposes and to try to be marketable, it would really take the joy out of it for me. Like, I have to feel passionate about what I'm writing about. So I think just find really what you're passionate about and, like, what you, you stand for, really, and what, what message you want to get across in your writing and stick with that. I think that's really good, strong advice for sure. So tell us a little, I think you won an award for your book, didn't you? Um, I've not won an award yet. I won the Five Star Seal. Uh-huh. Um, so the competition, the first one, um, September 1st, I'll find out the results. And then the rest of them are after um, the new year. Okay. I know it takes a long, long time for it to... To, I, yes. I'm nominated for a, a National Business Women Hall of Fame Award, and my nomination went in like March or April, but they don't make a decision until October, so that leaves you hanging a long time. <laughs> yes. It's a waiting game for sure. Definitely. But I have no doubt that you'll you'll be finishing in the top bunch of those people that submitted because your book is outstanding. And Thank you. I, I, uh, tell our, our listeners what is a dystopian fiction because I I had never heard that term and you had explained it to me once but uh, explain to them so dystopian is like when you think of kind of like the worst case scenario like a utopian would be the best everything is is perfect and peaceful and dystopian is the opposite of that usually it's focused on like if the government or military or some something has to take complete control and so humans really lose all of their rights um, and a lot of times dystopian is focused on, like, kind of um, end-of-the-world post-apocalyptic, like, when everything's run out, resources have run out, the earth is completely damaged, and air is, like, barely breathable, like, that kind of thing. Um, I know there's a bunch of different variants on it, but that's generally the idea, I think. Yeah. Now, your cover, to me, is very interesting. And knowing a little bit more about your book, I, I certainly get it. So tell us how you selected your cover photo. So there, the photo is, it's got four kind of silhouettes in the background. And that is four of the main characters. Now, the book is written through multiple, multiple characters. 
with you, you kind of get like a little bit of information about most of the people. And I think there's like about 12 different people. Um, but these are the four main characters, um, that, especially the ones that I am the most drawn to as the writer. And then the lantern on the front, that is one of the big symbols in the book. And it has an Yvonne, um design on it. And that is a, um, I want to say Ghana is where it's from. And it's a, it's a fence symbol. And it signifies um, protection and safety of the home. Right. right. And I, I just it just says to me, you know, that in eternal dark, you have to look for the light. I think it was a brilliant choice. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, my um, my formatter did an amazing job with that. Yeah, it, it's a really good cover. It's hard. It would be hard to see it and not pick it up. So that's what you want. Thank you. So, well, anything else that you want to tell our listeners about your book? Where is it available? Um, it's available on Amazon. It's um, an ebook. Also, it's available through Ingram Sparks for like any bookstores or like for bulk orders. Um. It's available on Apple Books and Kobo. I think that's the Barnes & Noble one. And it will soon be available um, for print through Barnes & Noble as well. Awesome. That's really cool. Now, do you have any book signings or public appearances coming up that you can share with us? Um, I don't. I have a book club has asked me to come in and do an author um, like kind of question and answer about the book in September, but that's not public. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds really good. Well, I really appreciate you you being with us today. Um, one more thing that I, I have a question about for people out there. You know, the hardest thing to do is to find time. Now, you have two sons and you homeschool and a husband. So you have yeah. a, a big life besides being a writer. So how do you make time to write and put your brain in the right place? Well, I had to, with this book... Um, I've definitely had failed attempts before at getting into that mindset and making myself right every day. When this book kind of came to my mind, it was, it fought hard with me. It was like, you're not going to think about anything else. You've got to write this. So that really got me good at getting into a routine. So every day around 11 after our morning work, my boys have, they go outside and play in the backyard. Um, if it's not nice out, they play inside. So I would take that hour every day and write. And then when my husband gets home from work around four or so, he would take them until dinner time and I would just write. And then when I, um, over, over the holidays, I took like a two week break. So the boys were really good with entertaining themselves at that point because they were thankful to not be doing work. And that's when I would just, I'd sit down in the morning and they'd come in like telling me they were hungry for lunch. I'd stop, I'd do lunch, I'd come back and I'd write. So I'd write like four hours at a time and just, get it done as much as I could that's that's really good because it that is a hard thing um you know is to make the time I always use the expression find time but in reality you don't find time you have to make yes. time <laughs> yes yeah you definitely have to make it and I feel like consistency was key I got to the point where I was scared to stop because I was like no if I stop and I take a break and don't do this every single day I'm going to get out of this routine and I was so happy that I finally got myself, like, motivated enough to just do it every day. Right. Now, did you lay out a plot point and outline, or did you just put your story down and then worry about all that? So, for the first, the book is in three parts. 
for the first part, there was no outline. There was nothing. It was just go to sleep, thinking about the book, wake up, thinking about the book, and just start writing. Right. Um, once I got to the second part, I knew some things that I wanted to happen, but I didn't know where or when. So I kind of a little bit started plotting it out. Um, not as much as like most plotters would do. Um, I would just do like one or two sentences per chapter explaining what I wanted it to be about. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to the third part, that was like after the holidays, um, that was more like, okay, I, I, especially because it was, um, there was more research involved with that one that third part, so it was, I would plan it out and then do my research and kind of put in the information where I needed it, like copy and paste, and like write stuff and and move it around, so that was definitely more plotted. Right, that makes sense, and did, which, which way did you like better? Do you, in the future, do you think you will tell your story and let let the pen take you, or do you think you'll plot them out to get what you want or keep the combo? Probably a combo. Like, I like the idea of plotting to an extent, like a little bit where you know, okay, this is the general flow. This is, like, how the characters are going to progress. But I really feel like the characters need to tell the story, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And they will. They will tell me. And, and I end up, like, I can almost hear them with their conversations. I know how they speak and, you know, what, what words they're going to use. Um, so for me, it's definitely more, I would say, listening to what the characters Right, absolutely. I, 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 that's how I write too. I, I let the story tell me what it wants to say. Yes. I, I, um, uh, I'm not ever a list maker or a big planner, so which it, consequently I'm late most of the time for everything. But um, that's how I roll. <laughs> and so, you know, I totally understand what what you're saying. I have really, yeah. really enjoyed talking to you today. Now, tell our listeners. Um, where they can get in contact with you and follow your fan pages. Okay, so I have a Facebook page, Ruby Woodland. It's an author page. Uh, my in- Instagram account is also Ruby Woodland. And I have a website called createthemuse.com. And that is kind of a collaboration of with artists and authors. I interview them and, um, and do like blog interviews and then poetry and stuff like that. But also my book links are on there as well. Yeah, your Create the Muse website's really cool. I looked at it the other day. Thank you. So good job. All right, well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Ruby, and I I hope to see you again soon. You take care. Thank you so much. All right, and thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for?